Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Rock podcast. I'm once again joined by Joey Haney, who has a great show called the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. And Joey, I loved your Halloween episode. Um, Listen to the whole thing all the way through. Great stuff. And you got me curious about your your other podcast that you kept uh, hyping during it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks for the kind words, Mark. That that means a lot coming from like I mean, you were like the second podcast I ever subscribed to. Cool. So it it, it never is lost on me. So thank you again. Uh, so yeah, it's like a constant struggle to come up with like something original for Halloween, especially on Rock Strikes Ten. I feel like I've kind of played all those songs and done it all, and so. We do the show. Uh, it's it's mainly my the, the guy that does the website and has really helped me out over the years. Very instrumental in this whole thing. My best friend Chris, uh, he is a big movie guy. I'm a big movie guy too, but he is a movie guy, and I base my watching on his opinion. That's how much I believe in him and always have. So uh, he likes to do spotlights on uh, basically like horror cinema, and it's called like it's basically like taking the stuff that's not ever heralded critically, you know, especially right, something right. like horror movies, genre movies, uh, exploitation movies, trash cinema, as it's been called. And uh, it's called The Last Theater. It was originally called The Last Theater on the left, but then there was a podcast that got very famous called The Last Podcast on the left, so we just went ahead and changed it since it, it was still kind of new. Uh, but we've been uh, reviewing a lot of these horror franchises. The first one we really tackled was Friday the 13th. And, you know, for better or worse, we review the good, the bad and the ugly about it. And then we do like a big wrap up show at the end of the franchise and rank our personal favorites. Talk about who had the better box office, who has the better star rating on IMDb. We do all these kind of cool lists at the end of the wrap up. And this year we tackled the Halloween franchise. Cool. And uh, it's always a good time. And that just inspired me like, hey, I've got a new idea for Rex Strikes 10 on Halloween this year. So I tied in all the songs somehow in some way to all the movies in the Halloween series. And yeah, and some of them are a bit of a stretch, but I like it, you know, because you always yeah. you, you tie them back uh, to to the, the the series. And it it made, you know, I, I'm not like a big Halloween guy when I'm talking about the movie right now, uh, yeah. the movies. Um, but just hearing you talk about it got me excited, A, about about hearing, I want to hear you, uh, you, you talk about the franchise and just the franchise in general. So, um, tell me the name of the pod, the other podcast one last time. So yeah, it's called the last theater. And of course you the can last hear it on the theater. same website that you hear it here on uh, talking rock on cnjradio.com. It's like, a it's almost like a sports broadcast for these kind of movies. Like Chris is right. the guy that does his homework. He's, uh, he's even gone to some film classes and I'm like the wacky color commentator, you know, that right. <laughs> throws in the, the stuff and the jokes and stuff like Sweet. that, the basic premise. So cool. I, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, coming up in the spring, we're going to do the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, um, okay. So Halloween is Michael Myers, right? Y- yes. And, yes. And the actor, here's a little, here's a little inside trivia for you. The actor who played Michael Myers may still play him. I don't know. Uh, once, uh, got in a fist fight with, uh, John astronomy. What Nick Castle? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was at like one really? of these horror conventions. Yeah. And they were like punching each other and it was like a physical <laughs> altercation. I think a lot of drinking was involved. 
before. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, there's been like there's been like six or so, six or seven Michael Myers, I think, at least. Oh, okay. So, well, who knows I'd like which to, guy I'd like to it was. Know, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know which one that was, so get back to me on that. Yeah, I'll have to I'll I'll ask and get back to you for sure. But um oh. yeah, so let's uh let's talk some rock. What's <laughs> uh what's happening this week? Uh I saw a headline just pop up. Did you see this? I know we're both big KISS fans that Bruce Kulick uh jumped on stage with KISS, I guess on the KISS cruise. So it was Tommy and Bruce on stage together, jamming on I believe she, they say. So it's kinda cool. Uh yeah, I, I was actually checking setlist, uh, the setlist FM website this morning. Right. Um, they have them jumping up for hide your heart, but there could be more to it because, like it I says, said, Bruce the, Kulik joins Kiss for she acoustic performance. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've got conflicting things out there, but hey, regardless, I know every time Bruce played she, he would kill it. So I would be totally happy to see him do that. Just Bruce Kulik, anything. Right. Yeah. Because. Uh, I came in to Kiss fandom in 1985, and so I'm always going to love that lineup almost the most, actually. But I love pretty much all Kiss lineups. I'm I'm one of those fans. But yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than the Kiss Cruise if you're a fan. I know I've said it before, but have it's you done just, that? Yeah, I was yeah, on the yeah. second one. Oh, okay. And so expensive. Yeah, I mean it was it was still very new, and right. you know I really probably my f- favorite overall kiss set list was their electric set from that that one and even the acoustic set i mean i pretty much heard damn near everything that and stuff i didn't expect to and you know so it's it's really all-encompassing i have no idea that as of we're recording this today on the first of november and they haven't played their electric show yet, but you know everybody's waiting to see if they're going to pull out surprises. Or uh, last year was real controversial because they literally just did the set list that they had for the farewell tour. That was yeah, and I guess people, some people were upset by that because they were, they were used to getting the deeper cuts on the Kiss Cruise, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's fair enough. I mean, I'm not one to really be like, Hey, you know, complain, complain. Cause there's so many people that complain about nothing a lot of the times, but I feel like the, the criticisms were a little founded on that last cruise. Cause I mean, it, it, they had done six of them prior to this or seven or so. So you kind of would come to expect that if you go on this thing that you would get the deep cuts and they, and I think they pretty much relied on all of the family tree acts to kind of do that. And I'm sure they were successful to a degree. You know, you had Bruce Kulik up there doing his set with a full band and, you know, Ace was there and, you know, so I think maybe that was their rationale right. for that, I guess. So there was enough, yeah. enough other special stuff going on and yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, I know you mentioned the um, to me before we started some of the nominees. I guess I'd call them for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I mean, you want everybody? Yeah, go ahead. Everybody loves talking about it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there's part of me I got to be honest that that doesn't even want to talk about it because I I just think the the whole thing is such a. Uh, what's the word sham the the rock and roll hall of fame in general and i mean it's just i feel year after year it's just a debacle and i have attempted many times to sit down and watch the actual 
broadcast of it on HBO and it has to be, it's always, I don't care who's on it, Kiss, whoever. Yeah. I mean, Kiss was cool because Tom Morello, uh, the greatest thing about the Kiss thing was Tom Morello's speech. But in general, there, I cannot stand it. I mean, it's just, it's the most boring bit of television and it just and that's the edited version that gets on hbo <laughs> yeah. i mean imagine imagine what it's like to be there hours and hours i i i, I don't know it, it just um it just seems to drag and drag and drag and i i could go off and and, and just about the rock and roll hall of fame i just think it's so ridiculous that the like like what at first it's this bunch of old crabby men who who run it so they yeah. they didn't for the longest time want any hard rock or heavy metal to be accepted but they finally i think because they listened to people like Tom Morello and Lars Ulrich and, and they, they respected those people that they actually then started letting some of these bands get nominated. And now there's this fan thing where the fans vote bands in, which I guess is how kiss got in. But I, I don't yeah. know. The whole thing just still seems so phony, fake, uh, and, uh, a bunch of nonsense to me, to be honest. I, I, I really, I really, my two things I hate are the Grammys because the Grammys again are, are picked by such a small group of people and they never seem to know what's going on. And the rock and roll hall of fame. I used to love back in the day, like the MTV movie awards and music video awards. And oh, I know, yeah. I know people don't like those anymore because there's not a lot of rock on them, but those used to be great. And I always thought the what was the other one? The American, uh, American music awards. Yeah, those used yeah, to be, but- those used to be so much better, but those were my, th- those were the award shows I, I used to like, but yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, not coincidentally, I think all of those were run by Dick Clark Productions for a while. So they're very fan-friendly award shows, always were. Yeah. And the Grammys are not run by those kind of people. <laughs> and it, it seems very stuffy. It's more suits in the audience, you know, that old thing. So, I mean, perception is reality. It's 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 more It's less exciting. It's less fan-friendly. And the... The only thing I really take away from the Hall of Fame as the years go on, it's kind of the commentary that we've had the last few years where, you know, we talk about our heroes and rock stars that are, are dying off, basically. And the the only thing that's almost kind of positive to that is some of these, <laughs> it's going to sound terrible the way I say it, but like, you know, this old establishment, the old critics you know, that have been writing for Rolling Stone for 40 years and they don't even know music anymore because they're so out of it and jaded and whatnot. And now you've got these newer guys coming in, like guys that have a more of an open mind, it seems that way. And also, if you get into the Hall of Fame, you now get a vote. So the more hard rock bands you let in, the better the votes and the nominees are going to oh, okay. get. So I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, obviously Dave Grohl and you know, he's got a say now, you know, and, and, yeah. and I just feel like they listened so closely to, to Morello, the older guys who like, I know a guy who's on the hall, rock and roll hall of fame. He's been there since the beginning, Bill Flanagan. Um, but he, he's a friend of mine, but I feel like he's more like, like he hates kiss and, and all that stuff, you know, but, <laughs> but he's more likely if Tom Morello says, you know, I like kiss, then he, then he's like, it, it legitimizes it 
in some ways to these older guys. But I mean, let's face it. Rolling Stone is always, and what's his name? Jan, uh, Jan Werner. Yeah, yeah, he's and, hated. Just yeah, hated David hard Marsh. Rock. Guys yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah they just like, hate hard rock. They hate it. But, and, and the thing that I, you know, I have such a problem with, it's like, okay, so this one band, you know, they, not they, they nominate, 10 people who were in the band over the course of, you know, 30 years while other bands, it's only these four people who get in, like who decides that stuff? I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing that, you know, the grateful dead or whatever have 90 yeah. people getting inducted and, oh, yeah. you know, black Sabbath and kiss. It's like, Nope, only these four people. Um, yeah, that that that's so such proof of a biasness that every person that ever jumped on stage for the Grateful Dead is in their Hall of Fame uh, right. wing, and only the original Four Kiss and the original Four Sabbath don't go in. That is so it's such proof of biasness. It's almost like if even if a guy like a Grawl or Morello or Ulrich can convince them that they can and should go in, they they still get the last say. They still get that pushback. Like yeah but they're going to go in our way. You know, it's, it's yeah. And you know, you mentioned Lars and Dave. Uh, I see one name on there for sure. It's like, this is their doing at Motorhead. The fact right. that Motorhead got nominated for the first time and they have been eligible since 2004. I mean, it's just, that is further proof that it is a joke at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, but I, okay. We love Motorhead. Motorhead is amazing. I went to see Motorhead yeah. many times. I've met Lemmy. Yeah. I met Lemmy when he was alive. You know, okay, so Motorhead Motorhead is is amazing. But should Motor I mean Motorhead is a band that that never could play an arena, you know, could barely even when they would when they would play New York, they couldn't even play Roseland, which held 5,000 people. You know, they would play smaller things, much like the Ramones. Um yeah. but so <laughs> Do, do they really deserve to be in before a band like Journey? I mean, Journey's not in there yet, or are they? Uh, they oh yeah, yeah they um, got in. They got in last year yeah. or something, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think and, of another know, example, like like, uh, like Kansas. Okay, uh, is Kansas <laughs> right. in there? They're not in there, right? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't believe that they are. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even really like Kansas that much. I mean, I think I hear some sure. of their songs. I'm like, they're good, but, but. Should Kansas be in the – I mean, they were massive. When I was a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, Kansas was massive. They were on the radio far more than Black Sabbath. Probably sold a lot more records at that time than than, than Sabbath did. You know, and, Yeah, and I mean, Boston. I mean, Boston's not Boston a Boston was the biggest freaking band ever, and they, they barely played live <laughs> ever. And they were, they were so – those those that first record, those first two records, and then they oh, yeah. had the comeback in eighty six, eighty seven with with that song Amanda or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. those bands to me are far more, and again, nothing against Motorhead because, but they're yeah. far more a part of rock culture and American culture than than a band like Motorhead or the Ramones, but they have. They have more of the cool factor. And, and you know, Motorhead didn't always right. have that, but now now they do, no. you know. Um, yeah, now they do because of the legend of Lemmy. So even like the people that were just sort of on board are pretty much on board now because it's safe and they don't have to commit to going to see him now live. And, right. you know, it's no different than like a Lou Reed. Uh, Lou Reed wasn't playing big places. 
Yeah. You know, and Velvet Underground would play basements. You know? and, so, and some people have recognized how ridiculous this thing is. I mean, I, I always thought it was just great. Bowie didn't want to even go there, even though Madonna was inducting yeah. him. He refused to go. I thought it was I mean, the, the, the Van Halen thing was ridiculous with Sammy Hagar and well, Michael that, Anthony. That it's was a debacle. And, and Slash up there butchering Van Halen songs, <laughs> I, you know, and I love Hagar, Anthony and Slash. I'm just saying it was yeah. it was a complete debacle. It, it just always seems like it's such an embarrassment, but it goes on and on. And like you said, everyone's talking about it. And now here I'm talking about it and I don't even, you know, want to support yeah. it. But I just think it's ridiculous, too. Uh, OK, so so Van. Uh, let's see. Van Halen. Hagar gets in, um, you know, but Sabbath. Dio doesn't get in, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I like, okay. So it should be just, I, maybe, maybe kiss and Sabbath should just be those four guys, but how come then deep purple? Why wouldn't deep purple just be Glover, Gillen, Blackmore and, uh, Lord and, and pace. That's all it should have been because yeah. those are the, those are the iconic songs by that band. But yet there's like three other guys standing on stage. You know, one yeah. guy who had, uh, you know, was on hush, the one hit wonder when deeper yeah. was one hit wonder and two guys that sang on three albums, no one cared about yet. Yeah. Everyone or, or bought for that matter. And then, and then everyone after, I mean, if we're going to have that, well, might as well have JoLynn Turner and, and Steve Morris and everyone else, whoever was in deep purple on the stage. I just don't get, I, I, I seriously don't, don't get it. I don't get the rhyme, the reason, um, you know, and if, if deep purple is doing that, then we need Bruce Kulick and kiss and Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it just makes zero sense who decides this stuff. And I know Paul Stanley was pissed because he felt that, that other people in the band should have been inducted, you know? So it's just so freaking weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it creates a very weird, it's done a lot of hurt to a lot of these acts as far as uh, how they get along with their past and present members too. And, and ego really gets in the way. So between the, the hall of fame creating this conflict and some of the bands give into it, there's that weird thing about Blondie. Yeah. They were like playing on stage with their current touring act. And there was a lot of the, there's a handful of the originals that were just sitting there in the crowd. Like, Right. I mean, they were saying how uncomfortable it was. So, yeah, it's almost like when we were talking about the VMAs a few months ago, it's like this train wreck television that they are creating themselves under right. their own umbrella. So that that's what this all is. And yeah. so, know, yeah, we could pontificate on the nominations. But anyways, but yeah, let's let's talk about there. who's 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 up for nominations. Do we know? See, I'm not following it much at all. I've heard Motorhead, <laughs> Judas Priest, Whitney Houston, but um, who are are any of those three actually going in? Like, are those not they're the nominees? Like, how does this all work? Are we voting on who's going in? Yeah, you can vote right now. There's no actual final list yet. There's just nominees. And who votes? And we can vote. You and I can vote. Yeah, you you can go on the you can go on the, their website and yeah, you can you can put website. your vote in because yeah. the the poll's not closed yet at all. Like it's you got plenty of time. You got until like the beginning of the new year to get it in. So hmm. have at it. I I know who my five like, are. Can't you? What causes somebody from not voting? Like. 300 times um there's not right. <laughs> like if you can figure out if you're good with computers then you can figure it out so yeah I, I what they do is really they 
it's almost like uh, from what I've heard, they take the website tallies and they make that one vote overall. Like it's almost like us as a collective are one person sitting at their table. So that's really what it is. So that's right. kind of the illusion of power. Uh, a lot like certain other ways you could vote in this country. Right. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll just go down the list real quick. It's like shocking if you read it as quickly as possible. So I think right. this will be better radio because yeah, your, your, your head will spin. This goes all the way back to a band whose first album came out like in the late sixties, all the way to first balladers that are okay. like, wow, these are nineties bands. Okay. So Pat Benatar, Oh, okay. Dave Matthews, Depeche Mode, Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, <laughs> Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, Motorhead, Nine Inch Nails, The Notorious B.I.G., Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Todd Rundgren, Soundgarden, T-Rex, and Thin Lizzy. Uh, all right. Chew on that. <laughs> yeah, Wow. What's Rufus? I don't even know what, what that is. I know who Chaka Khan is, but I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know who Rufus that, is. Yeah, and I'm I I knew more Chaka Khan growing up as a kid, but the Rufus is the one that did like "Tell Me Something Good" and Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's like the '70s stuff you'd hear on the radio if it crossed over. Right. Uh, so I got nothing against Chaka Khan, but like they keep in. It's like the I call this the, um, and I'm definitely not anti R and B. I'm a big R and B fan. Listen to my show if you don't believe me, but. It's the um, it's the chic vote, as I say. They had chic on the ballot for like a hundred years, and they never made it through. It looks like they're finally giving up on them, and that's really just a nod to Niles Rogers. You know, good producer. I think he's on the the staff or right. whatever. He's he's in that circle at least. So yeah, they won't let Rufus and Chaka Khan go, right. <laughs> and they have some good songs. But you know, it's like. You know, well, they want to. Yeah. They want to feel diverse. I mean, who came up with these lists, though? Like, uh, so you can vote now. The fans can vote on these bands, but like, who, who did put them in place? The people who are already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that who put those? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's like it's like they they put. I, out I just don't get how Boston isn't isn't in there. I mean, Thin oh, Lizzy. Yeah. I mean, I the Thin Lizzy thing is so weird too for me because like, as a guy growing up in in the seventies and eighties thin lizzy was never on the radio never they never one song. They, they, no there was no songs on the radio. not not in the midwest not where i grew up there were no songs by thin lizzy in the new york new jersey because i lived in new york and new jersey until i was in seventh grade then i grew spent the rest of my time in wisconsin and uh illinois and was an avid listener of fm rock radio back in those times we're talking the late 70s through all the 80s the the thin lizzy was never ever played on the radio I've heard Thin Thin Lizzy when Bon Jovi covered The Boys Are Back in Town and people were like, what the hell is this song? Who sings this song? This is a good song. And some yeah. older guy who was like in his 20s was like, oh, that was a band uh, that were around in, you know, a long time ago. They were called Thin Lizzy. And, but no one knew about it. It wasn't like Zeppelin or Skinner where they were celebrated in the 80s and all the kids knew who they were. Uh, no one knew and i was a rock guy no one knew who thin lizzy was thin lizzy was a band that uh in my opinion like i even remember seeing gary moore open for rush and um you know at, 
later after I, many years later when Bon Jovi covered the boys are back in town, somebody said, Oh, well, Gary Moore was once in that band. I was like, Oh, Gary Moore was in a band called Vin Lizzy. I love Gary Moore. I mean, I knew Gary Moore, but no one knew about, about that stuff. So there's this weird thing that happens with time where things that weren't, really big at the time become become bigger through the years uh, and and i mean when when phil died from thin lizzy it wasn't even news i mean sadly to say when randy rhodes yeah. died it was big news I, I, that was on yeah. on national news that was a big story when phil died yeah. which probably was a, a few years after that there wasn't even a whimper about that. And this is pre-internet, you know? So, oh, yeah. And, and I can attest to that because I was following rock news by that point in my life. And, uh, you know, and I love thin Lizzie, you know, one of the, uh, one of the best cult rock bands ever for sure. And great songwriting. Yeah. And, and that. that's like, what, like what you're MC, saying, but people like don't, today MC5. don't realize they're, they're, they're cult rock. People think, wow, thin Lizzie was this massive band in the seventies. As far as I yeah. know, they weren't, I was alive during that time. Yeah. And they, of course, bigger in Europe, they're a European band and, you know, they would probably play the theaters if they came out here and probably on a package. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what it is. And that's absolutely true, you know, and you'll only catch depending on where you live in the the country, you may catch maybe two of their songs on classic rock radio. And that's now, now, but back in the day, exactly now. Yeah. I mean, you turn on Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius and sure, they're going to play thin Lizzy, um, you know, a couple songs from thin Lizzy. Um, but thin Lizzy again, uh, it wasn't a band that really, I started hearing people talk about until the 1990s long after they had, you know, we're gone. And I mean, that's, listen, that's how a lot of this stuff works. I mean, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles, when he died, he, he was like, you know, doing voiceover and, and no one cared about him. Then suddenly after he died, people were like, Oh, he was completely brilliant. Citizen Kane, the greatest thing ever war of the worlds. You know? So I, I do understand that, that sometimes it takes some time for people to recognize great art. And there's no doubt that Thin Lizzy did, yeah. have some like, amazing and, out, and how, output. Yeah, there's that, that's like everywhere, you know, like how much of a, uh, you see, like if you ever go into like novelty shops or whatever, or like, you know, geek stores and stuff, like you would swear that like in a movie that I love, Labyrinth, the David Bowie uh, movie that Jim Henson helped produce. Right. You would swear that was one of the biggest movies of all time, but it was a flop in the theater when it came right. out. Yeah. And Jim Henson went to his grave thinking that Labyrinth was a flop. <laughs> yeah, now there's all this merchandising surrounding it. Right. So yeah, it's just some of the some of these entries are a hall of influence. Craftwork, MC5, they're big in their own worlds, just like Thin Lizzy is. They barely sold records at all. But where but are the Scorpions? I mean, Scorpions. Yeah, exactly. Thank used, you. When Scorpions, when I was in ninth grade, Scorpions came to Chicago and sold out the Rosemont Horizon three nights in a row, and they were weeknights. It was like you know Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, Thursday, and and it blew. You know that was massive. You know, and they still uh-huh. Scorps are so much bigger than thin Lizzy or motorhead ever were. And quite frankly, I, I, I like their music just as much 
or maybe even more than those two bands. But that's just me. I just don't get the. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Are the Scorpions oh, yeah. just too cheese ball? Is it like they're not? They're not in the cool crowd. I, I, I don't. They're barely in the cool crowd with the metal crowd, and I hate to say it that way. Right. I love the Scorpions. And I've been, you know, for like the last few years, I've been saying that, you know, that's one of those bands that have always been taken for granted, even by its own community. Right. Even the metal community does not look at the Scorpions as a maiden or a priest. And I believe that they should. And, you know, they only have so many years left. Also, I guarantee you that when their time is up, and somebody like a Klaus or, you know, when Klaus dies, especially, or Rudolph, they're going to be like, oh, my God, they were the greatest band ever. Yeah. And, and they and were. Put on the Love shit. Drive record. Put on the Love oh, Drive yeah. record. That record, to me, really, and I could say this about numerous Scorpions records, that album was so good. There's not a a bum note on that or a boring moment on that entire record i mean and to hear all this this list it's just like oh god <laughs> no scorpions have been gigging as a band since the 60s they've almost been gigging as long as like the beach boys or the stones in some form or fashion which is amazing to think about right. and yeah they've still never garnered any kind of respect they've always been a fan band and yeah, like I said, they were they were an arena band and they still play the quote big small places. Hell, they played the garden in your neck of the woods and did very well. Yeah. Uh I mean, come on. Like that it's like they the Scorpions are a secret in that kind of a community. Like I've never once seen an article on the Scorpions in Rolling Stone unless they were talking about whenever um all the glass snow stuff and they were one of the bands that actually played Russia. Uh, that was about it. You know, which is ridiculous. They even had uh, like a number one or Winds of Chains got at least close to number one in the 90s whenever that music had completely fallen out of fashion, yet still no coverage, no nothing. Like, right. Now, Ozzy is not in as a solo artist either, right? He's only no, in with Sabbath. And Dio should be as an overall act for all of the bands he was in, right. plus Sabbath, plus Rainbow. Well, plus Ozzy, Ozzy will get in as a solo artist before before Dio um, does. Oh yeah. Um, they'll see that for sure. Yeah. And they'll although do Dave Grohl likes Dio, you know, so who, who knows? And you know, Lars likes Dio. So uh, who knows? But I, I think it's, I think Ozzy should definitely be in as a solo artist. Uh, I mean, oh, at this sure. point, I mean, there was no, I mean, you look at those first two solo albums, Blizzard and Diary. I mean, those were an enormous influence on, rock all rock that that followed you know i i mean you know Rhodes is right there after after van halen as far as you know this new revolutionary guitar style goes he was he was the second guy you know who who came out i mean people are like well neil sean this and you know yeah i hear all that shanker but no 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 the Rhodes was the kind of the second guy after eddie who came out with the this new radical style probably influenced Eddie was an influence on him, but no doubt. I mean, I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I don't like, I don't like the list at all this year. I, I really don't. Uh, Judas priest. Yeah. They, they should probably be in, but so we won't know which, when do we find out who are these people, which of these bands actually get in? 
it's probably gonna be around late January, early February, and then they'll have their big television show in March or so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but let's what say Priest actually goes thing. in. Yeah. Like, think about this. Like we were talking about how it creates all this weird conflict and whatnot. So obviously someone's going to get left off of that. And I'm not saying that's a wrong thing, uh, but think about who played on Priest's biggest albums. And now we're going to have to bring that up again. If they go in, or, you know, uh, Dave Holland, are you talking about? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, obviously Scott Travis will be the guy that goes in. If, uh, yeah, you know, but does Les our, Binks go in too? I mean, uh, you know, oh, it's he like, should. It's I, like I, I, mean, I think. He should. I mean, so <laughs> they go. I, Dave Holland is probably. I would think he would go in. I. I don't know. I mean, who? Who? Who knows? I, I just. Yeah, I, I, I think that here's the thing. If I don't Priest think Richie Faulkner in, should go in, I. I don't. You know, yeah. I don't know that Ripper Owens should go in. Um, but no, no. But and you've and you've talked to Richie before. I feel like he's a guy that'd be like, no, I totally get it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, if he but, doesn't go in. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That would be ridiculous. They'll, for they'll him use this as a it'll be a good marketing tool for priests if they get in. First of all, the other thing is I don't mind it when some of my favorites that are still active go in. I think it's the best for those kind of people, because I guarantee you your asking rate goes up. You know, like uh, Cheap Trick's a good example of this. And I, I'm a huge Cheap Trick fan, and I definitely wanted them to go in the Hall of Fame for the reason that they were still playing fairs and pig races and stuff. And nothing wrong with it. Cheap Trick should absolutely – are they in? Yeah, they, they in. finally okay. went in a few years ago because they were shut out for yeah. years. Yeah, well, they should I mean, they were eligible yeah. since the early 2000s as well. So now that they're in the Hall of Fame, I've noticed that they're kind of like – overall perception with regular people and the kind of tours they get booked on now have right. definitely brought them up mm. uh, after years and years of touring. They pretty much never are off the road and haven't been since they started. So they're just a workhorse, right. but now they're on better tours. They, even if they open, they're playing bigger places, right. you know? So I, by comparison, so it's, I, I'd rather the active band. So Priest still has another tour or two left in them. So why not put them in? And plus right. that'll kind of bring the olive branch for KK to come back. And, and you know, that's, right. I, I know okay. people want that a lot. Yeah, with Priest, and, if I, if I were running the show, here's, here's, here's who should go in. It should just be the four Ian Hill, KK, Glenn and Rob. Just, just leave it at that. But it, there's really sure. no reason for anyone else to, to be in those. Those are the guys who, you know, yeah. did is are truly responsible. Did other people contribute here and there? Yeah, sure. Of course. But yeah. those are, those are the visionaries of priests. We're going to, we're going to have to wrap it. Cause I actually have to sure. hop in the shower and go to work. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I will, I will say the one thing the rock and roll hall of fame does succeed at is getting people, uh, riled up and, and talking. And, um, I, I think it would be great if, there was some other sort of other award show out there that was, but there's a, you know, it's like people are always going to complain. I get it. I get it. But, yeah. But yeah, I, I hope you didn't mind it too much. It was, I always like hearing your opinion. Mark, oh yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. So, of course. And, and sorry. I, I sounding like a, I, I you know, I want to have, we got to do an episode where I don't bitch and complain for, for uh, 30 minutes straight. Um, but, <laughs> hey, but real quick before yeah, we go, passion, it, right? 
before we go, it was Halloween yesterday. Yes. Uh, real quick, did you ever dress up as a particular rock star for Halloween? No, I don't think so. Oh, my brother, so- my brother had an amazing uh, in. Uh, I guess it would have been 1980. He had an amazing um, uh, Ace Frehley costume that my mom made for him. But I, as as far as I can remember, I've never dressed up as a a rock star for for Halloween. No, how about you? Just just something that came to mind. You know, I might be the biggest Kiss fan that never dressed up like Kiss. I've never had Kiss makeup on my face. No. Nice. Yeah. So, you, so we're the two. We're the two biggest ones. Okay. Right, and in right. fifth grade, I dressed up like Alice Cooper. Oh, cool. So that's about that's about it. <laughs> yeah. No. That's uh, yeah. Cool. And, and thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. If anyone out there doesn't listen to Joey's show, Rock Strikes Ten, they should definitely check it out. It's music driven with good commentary, and I always learn something. That's what I, that's what I like about the show. You know, I, I, whether it's like, oh yeah, or or I'm reminded of something. Wow, Boogeyman by uh, by Motorhead. I haven't heard that one in a while, and wow, it's better than I remember, or it's not as good as I remember. You know, so I, I'm always <laughs> engaged with your show, and and uh, I've been doing. You know, I got this young dog now, so I've been doing a lot of walks and to kind of just keep myself busy. I'm kind of back to listening to podcasts again which i besides my own podcast haven't done for the last couple of years so um definitely uh highly recommend your show to everyone listening and it's always good stuff so keep up the good work and everybody listening to talking metal i mean who who isn't jealous of the the gets that you get on the show great interviews always and i mean that yeah well thanks i've been turning down a ton recently uh just because it's uh i've been crazy crazy busy i'm hopeful my my schedule is going to lighten up just a little bit so i can get back to uh doing some more interviews i think the next episode that i post which may or may not be posted before this episode goes up will not have any inter- interviews in it which will be the first in a while but yeah and thanks. i like those too i like oh, those yeah, too cool, because cool. i still get extra commentary and you play just songs i like it i always cool. like those too well, thank you so. thank you all right man well i gotta run and uh we uh, will hopefully do another one of these real soon all right man thanks for thanks for hanging mark and it was a good talk Say